Hi, I'm Tom Savini, and you're watching Without Your Head. But why? Producer and writer Brian Patrick O'Toole. It's very cool to have you here. Thanks for having me. Yes, very good. <laughs> it was good to uh, start talking to you last week. We were uh, did the Plaga uh, Plaga Zombie show, and uh, and Walter, um, one of the people involved, he was saying you were very helpful in that. Oh yeah, well, I don't know if I was helpful, but have you seen the film? Yeah, I'm, I was a big fan of the movie. Yeah, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's got that Attack of the Killer Tomatoes vibe. Um, but but the thing that it had that I really liked is that you really cared about Sam and Manny. Like, most of those films is just exploitation and, you know, kill, kill, kill. But you, re- you, you really went through. It's sort of like in, in Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. It was sort of like, you know, I think that film worked because we like the heroes. Yeah. Yeah, you can have so. a lot of schlocky stuff going on but uh you know that can be fun on its own but if you if you actually care about the the people it adds a whole you know then you're actually into the movie you're invested right and i mean for what they spent on it it's better than some of these sci-fi movies and oh yeah um you know anything asylum's been putting out so you know i'm happy just have had an early peek at it yeah um i mentioned this on the show last week like everyone involved when we had him on the show it's you could tell that they really love making it which was nice but i think even before i talked to him you could tell that when i was watching the movie you know either he had fun or you know they were passionate about the movie and it really came through right but it took him a lot it was i think i heard it was seven years yeah it was a long on and off to make it yeah so good for them it should be very successful yeah it's very cool so um Earlier today, you sent me a, a, a th- it was like a, your notes for um, dog soldiers, like when you read the script. And I found that very interesting because I think it gave me a look uh, on what a, what a producer does. Because not only did you look at it as like an as an the art side, like, you know, it's original, these different things. But you also looked at it in a practical way, like wh- who is it going to appeal to? Can you make this movie for a certain amount of money? And uh I was just wondering, uh, first question is, how do you balance those things when you're looking at a movie? Something, obviously, you want to be involved in something that's going to be good, but there's also the practical side. Can we make this? Are people going to go see it? Well, I mean, with with, with Dog Soldiers, it was like um, we had just started the company. I had just joined Kismet, and they were looking for a project. And so, you know, I've literally read through... 299 scripts and they were all okay, but it's nothing to start a company with. And then, so, you know, and when you read a script, 
you know, the producers or whatever want you to give them what's called coverage, you know, just something so they know a synopsis and then what you think of it and stuff like that. So um, I read Dog Soldiers and I was like, yeah, this is really good. Um, and so I did the coverage, you know, which is my job is to pinpoint it. But the mistake I made on it was that I pointed out the comparisons to Night of the Living Dead, that it was very much influenced by that film. And then they didn't want to make it. They were like, no, it's been done. And I'm like, no, no, you don't understand. See, films, good, good films um, will take... Uh, like there's a string, like a familiarness to it. Like for example, The Lost Boys. That story is really Peter Pan. It's a, a lead vampire is looking for a mother for his boys, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, that's the, the you know. So so it wasn't a slap to the film that it was similar to to Night of the Living Dead, right? So um, I finally convinced them and I, I'll never forget the day we're sitting along this table and it, it was like, okay, well, it's your job. We're going to go ahead and we're going to do this movie. But if it fails, you're out of here. And I was like, uh, okay. And that's, you know, that's, you know, I put a, I put a lot on the line for that. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I answered your question, but yeah, it was, it was, it was tough to get made and then making it was tough and, then getting it sold was tough. And anyway, did that answer your question or <laughs> not? Not exactly, but I thought it was a good answer either way. But I did want to. I did want to say oh. uh, even uh, now you let me that itself though. Romero always said that is that's his I am legend. You know the Matheson story, right? You know, exactly. Everything I mean, is based uh, inspired by something, right? It's good. So, yeah, like for example, and, and that's what makes it a good movie because the audience sense is comfortable with a sense of familiarness to it. For example, Mortal Kombat, not the new one, but the original one in, in 95, or was it? Um, do you know what movie that really is? I'm not, I mean, I know of the movie, but I'm not really, a, I can't say, I wasn't really big on the movie, so I don't remember it very well. Okay, well, it's basically The Wizard of Oz. Okay. Four friends go to a different world to kill the witch. So when I was teaching screenwriting and stuff like that, that's something that I, I tried to impose is like find a classic tale and sort of weave something familiar into it. You know, I'm not talking plagiarism. I'm saying, you know, something where people like, for example, Cemetery Gates, which is another one of my films. The, 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 the fairy tale that I used for that was actually Winnie the Pooh, believe it or not. I don't know if you've seen the movie, but basically it's, you know, a boy is reunited with his pet years later after he sort of discarded the pet you know so how would Winnie the Pooh act at that you know that time so but I used a giant um mutated Tasmanian devil <laughs> and that's the difference between us two <laughs> all right, all right. so uh, to go back even further than this I guess when did you do when was like working in movie something you thought this is something I would like to get into oh I've I've always I've always done that um I think my 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 first great well it's it's because i've always loved fear and i'll explain that because it's that's not a really good answer when i was five i want to date myself but my parents being the good people that they are took me to the drive and to see night of the living dead okay i have the exact same story yeah go on and they and they put me on the roof of the car 
you know, and did whatever they were doing there. So here's a five-year-old watching this movie, um, you know, and then people are shuffling by on the gravel. And I remember seeing two guys, well, I know they were making out now, but at the time I thought the guy was attacking the girl. <laughs> I became petrified. So to me, that, that, that started it. And then I saw um, um, the Poseidon Adventure. And that made me really want to make movies. I was like, because I, I was watching the audience more than I was watching the film. And it was just how people were reacting and stuff like that. And uh, when I finally saw Dawn of the Dead, which is my favorite movie of all time, um, that's what made me want to make more horror films. Because I was trying to capture that, that fear again. So, you so I've been lucky. Because that's my favorite uh, zombie movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really lucky to get to work with George Romero. Very few people get to sit and, and tell the maker of their favorite film why they make it. And the greatest compliment that I ever got was after I told them, you know, I did my college thesis on this movie and I love it and all the allegories of AIDS and consumerism. And he just looked up from his whiskey glass and he went, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and to me, that'll always be the most magic moment. Like, you know, <laughs> And I did get to work with him on um, Dead Reckoning, which became Land of the Dead. Oh, that's so awesome. became friends and I got to talk to him on the phone a few times and he's told me some horror stories and yeah, but that was, that was great. Mm -hmm. So how, how did you go about pursuing like, okay, I watch these movies. I love movies. Uh, I love horror movies. This is something I want to do. How do you pursue, pursue that at the time? Oh, that's, that was pure by accident. Well, it was just something I always wanted to do. Um, I took a screenwriting class. Um, I, I was in Second City in the late 80s um, in Chicago, and I decided I wanted to, to write comedy. I wanted to, to write. So I took a screenwriting class uh, that was offered, you know, by mail. Do you remember mail? It was before email. Mm -hmm. And so they flew me to Los Angeles and I was like, I was immediately hooked. I go, this is what I want to do for, for a living. Now, it was pretty tough. The first three years was pretty, pretty tough. I, at one point, was homeless. At one point, I was stealing food from Hollywood McDonald's. You know, people would leave their plates and I would swipe a burger. I mean, I'm not a, you know, I did what I had to do because I really wanted to do this for a living. And uh, it was pretty tough, but um, I actually ended up working um, in the office with my agent, um, Leslie Callen. And um, from there, she let me, you know, read scripts and, and learn that. And I finally went on pitching things. And you would go and you would pitch, you know, our, our agency would have a bunch of scripts and we would go to, to producers and stuff and pitch them and hopefully they would buy them. Um, one of the people that I pitched to was Richard Donner who had just recently has recently passed away, which is a shame, but, um, so I did it. He didn't buy anything, you know, but, uh, so I made the, the, the Hollywood mistake. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm new in town. Is there some advice or something that you can offer me? Um, you know, and he, he looked me dead in the eye and he said, yeah, if you're good at something else, do that. And I was like, devastated, like what? And, um, I sort of kept that anger. And it, it, it sort of drove me. Um, and most of the time, you know, people say, you know, it's luck. And it really is luck because then um, while I, 
while I was working at the agency, I was also working at a um, flower shop slash framing shop. And one of the customers was Howard Kazanjian, um, who produced Raiders of the Lost Ark, Return of the Jedi. And I just, you know, I recognized the name. I started talking to him. He started sending me scripts. And um, I started um, uh, working on development notes uh, for him, like uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, um, Falling Down, um, let's, let's a few other firms, you know, things like that. So, so it was basically that. So, but this was all before 9-11. So you could go to the studios and uh, if you looked like you knew what you were doing, you could basically just walk on the lot. And I would go to um, bungalows and I'd knock on the door and say, hey, I, I work just down there, um, but I'm, I don't have anything to read this weekend. Do you have any scripts you need read? And they always did. And that's just how it developed. And that's how I, I met my friend and mentor, Luigi Singolani, who produced um, Spaced Invaders, which was a comedy with um, a Royal, oh, what was his name? I forget now, Dano, Royal Dano. Um, and he did uh, Adventures in Dinosaur City. He was Smart Egg Pitchers. You might recognize Smart Egg Pitchers because they did Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm -hmm. Um, funny story about that, I'll tell you real quick, is that um, they had the they, they, they had Nightmare on Elm Street and they did one, two, and three, and then they sold the rights off to New Line because they thought, well, you can't do any more with this. So, so that's how Smart Egg, so Smart Egg also did Critters, Luigi did Critters and stuff like that. So from there, you know, but it was all uh, by accident and not giving up and doing a lot of things for free. So you smile a lot. Like, yeah, I'll do that. Sure, no problem. You know, what's a life? Life, who needs it? So uh, when you're reading scripts, what, what are the things you look for? Uh, well, I mean, it's, in a, well, if it's entertaining, if it's something special, if it's something new. I mean, everything's been done. So if it's a vampire script, you're going to look at what, how did they take the story and twist it, you know, to make it new, which is what dog soldiers did it, mm -hmm. it, it you know, it, tur it turned it differently. Um, I mean, I, I, geez, I've, you know, it's, it's hard to tell. It's just, you read it and you know, it's right. For example, like when I was reading for Paramount and for Warner brothers, they basically want you to read the first 10 pages, the middle 10 pages and the last 10 pages, because you have a stack you know, higher than your head to, to go through. But I never did that. I can honestly say I read the whole thing because as a writer, I would hope somebody would do that for me. So it took me a little longer, but I read them. And that's how I got the reputation. So I had a lot of people, you know, sending me scripts to read and, and, and things like that. Um, so, uh, you know, I just, you know, because I, I always respected the craft because mm -hmm. it's hard. It's, it's such a desperate town. It really is. It's so, there's always someone who wants your job. There's always somebody who's willing to do whatever it takes, you know? And so you really want to, you know, to shine. Uh, what, what would be some of just like, I guess, like common mistakes you would say people make if they're writing a script? Like maybe it's really good. It's new or something, but there's just for whatever reason, there's something about it. They can't, it's probably not going to be made. Well, here's the thing. So when I was teaching, the honest answer is 
when I, uh, when I started my classes teaching screenwriting, the first thing I would say is, none of you are gonna sell an original screenplay. None of you. And 30 years later, nobody has written me and said, ah, Mr. O'Toole, you were wrong. I sold an original screenplay. And that's because the producer will always have better stories than you will, but they need the necessary evil, which is a writer. So what you wanna do is you wanna write a script in every genre as a calling card. They're looking for a vampire script. Oh, I have a vampire script. You might want to read it. That's how you get jobs. You don't write a script. I have so many students who would come up to me and go, oh, I have this great idea for a story. Oh, but I don't want to tell you because you'll steal it. Or the studios will steal it. Well, you know what? They can afford to pay you for your idea. They're, no one's going to steal. Everyone thinks of that Eddie Murphy thing, but no, they're, no one, they're not going to steal. They're not going to steal. They're, if it's a good idea, they're going to pay for it. They'll pay for it and then most likely lock it away so no other studio can get to it. But that's a whole nother story. But um, as far as it was, so I would tell the students, I go, you, you wanna tell your idea to as many people as you can, you know, or, or lock it in a drawer, just lock it in a drawer and, and move on. Because I guarantee you someone has already thought of that idea. I've never heard a bad idea. It's the execution that makes winners and losers if you ask me uh, Tristan, do you have a question i'm always interested in what scares horror creators so i'm wondering if you have any fears or phobias you feel comfortable sharing um yeah I, i'm gonna I'll, I'll tell you a story um i used to work at um at kmart um here in um in a, in a, a town called melrose park and um, there used to be this guy that used to always come in, right? And he, he had this red truck and he worked in construction and he would buy, you know, construction stuff. And he always offered me a job. He's like, hey, you want to come work with me? Uh, I'm paying 10 bucks an hour and I'm pretty much lazy. So, and I was in high school. So I was like, nah, you know, I'm not interested. So, um, you know, so this went on for, you know, almost couple of years. I mean, uh, you work there. Anyway, I come to, to work from school one day and my friend Carol, who worked in the grill, holds up a newspaper and she goes, hey, you recognize this guy? I go, yeah, that's that smelly guy with the red truck. She goes, yeah, he just murdered 33 young men and boys. So yeah, John Wayne Gacy. Oh, geez. Yeah. So, so you don't forget that. You don't forget that sudden realization where you face death, you know? I mean, it was like, you know, I, it, basically it was my laziness that saved me <laughs> because I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna, I was getting 375 at Kmart. That was enough money for me at the time. But yeah, so that, so again, so that, 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 that fear, it's like you try to escape it. And, and for me, horror films were doing that, but, um, as far as phobias or anything, no, I, I'm not, you know, um, you know, I wake up in the morning, I go, what fresh hell is this? And we tread on. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. I don't have any phobias or anything, but yeah, life, life itself is scary enough. So when you first uh, start getting into making movies and you're in the pitches and, and you're reading scripts, uh, what was your goal at that time? Like, would, did you want to like set out to start writing or directing or what was like, this, what would I like to do? 
no, I, I've always wanted to write. I've always, I always, I will always consider myself writing. It was Lu Luigi that gave me the opportunity to, to produce um, and, to, and to learn the craft. So it sort of made me schizophrenic because, you know, I understand the writer's side, the creative side, but then I also understand the business side of, you know, you know, if you have $20 million, are you going to invest it in Brian's original screenplay or Friday the 13th, part 20? If you're smart, you're going to take Friday the 13th, part 20. So I got to, you know, I got to get my writers. I got to get my creative people. You know, we got to, we have to make it worth it that they don't take Friday the 13th, part 20. So that to me is, um, you know, that's the, you know, I always look at it that way. Um, so I always wanted to be a writer. I always, you know, I've had the opportunity to direct, you know, but I, I'd rather somebody do it that really wants it. You know what I'm saying? Um, all of my films have been first time directors because I believe in giving people the opportunity. For example, the director of um, Basement Jack, Michael Shelton, Oscar nominated special effects guy. Like he's brilliant. Nobody would give him an opportunity to direct. And I was like, I'll do it. And with my producer hat on, I also got my visual effects. You know what I'm saying? But but in turn, I gave him that, that opportunity. So, you know, Neil Marshall was a, it, uh, he had done a couple of shorts in school. Uh, I think one was called Combat, but he, um, that was his first first job, first directing job. So, so I, I like doing that. I'd rather people do what they wanna do. And I, I just like writing. That's that's my, my main thing. But I like producing, too. You know, I mean, I, I, I sometimes like think uh, people, um, you know, like most people that who, who've never been involved in movies at all. I don't really know what the producer does. I think a lot of people think of him as like the money person. So in your in your uh, definition, what is the producer? No, no, that's the executive producer. The producer does everything. <laughs> <laughs> I. <laughs> You know, you, you, you find the project, you get the money for the project, you hire for the project, you set up the project, it, you, you do everything. Um, uh, now, directors and actors, because of the, of the guilds, they get paid five, six times, producer gets paid once, you know, and I got to make sure that everyone's getting paid. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's a thankless job at some point you know and but, but if anything goes wrong it's the producer's fault it's the it's the producer's fault but you know it, it's like that's the challenge um i did a film uh, i was going to do a film called scarecrow and um uh what i didn't know that it was mafia money that was sort of paying for it so there was this guy um his name was nikki and he was like uh we were on the first day of production he goes hey um I want my girlfriend to be in the movie. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm sure we can find it. No, no, no. I want her to, to, to be the, the, the lead. I go, I've already hired an actress to be the lead. You, 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 you can't do that. Well, yeah, I want her to do that. I, I think you can make that happen, Brian. And I'm like, no, I can't make, oh, I think you can make that happen. So we made it happen. Um, and then she doesn't show up. She doesn't show up for the for the first for the first day. And I'm like, Nick, where's where's your girlfriend? And she goes, oh, he goes, oh, she didn't know it was a horror movie. She don't want to do a horror movie. And I, I didn't really know it was a horror movie either. And um, so I'm not interested. So 
he pulls out. So I had to fire everybody. And, you know, that's, that, that kills your reputation. So, yeah. So producer, producer does everything. He's got his hands in everything, which, which is fine. Because, again, that goes back to where I like to give people their break. Mm-hmm. So um, along those lines, what do you look for in, in a first-time director? Uh, commitment to the project. I, I want to, I, I sit down, I have 15 questions that I ask them, uh, you know, why do you want to do this? Are you a, a actor's director? Are you a technical director? You know, I just, I just go through this, this, this list of, of, of things. Um, but mainly just passion. You, you'd be surprised how much people don't have the passion. It's like they're entitled to it. Yeah, I'll come in here and I'll direct your job, your show, and 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 you know, no problem. But do you care? That's eh, another horror movie. I don't want. No, goodbye, goodbye. <laughs> you know, it's like you'd be surprised. It's just like we are so lucky to have these jobs to to, to get to be in this industry, and there's so many people that just are so, you know, lackadaisical about it. Just you know, and. and you know, so I, I've been very lucky to work with some very creative people and, and, and have that drive. There's been some sore spots, but, you know, for the most part, I got lucky. Uh, Mike Stack in the chat room, he says uh, he's blown away that you idolized George Romero and uh, you got a chance to work with him. Um, uh, do you have a story about that? Like, so how, how did that come about? Well, we were we were promoting um, Boo and Cemetery Gates at um, Comic Con. I believe it was two thousand four. Don't quote me. Um, and uh, Guillermo del Toro came over because we had a uh, one of the werewolves from Dog Soldiers stuffed. You know, was as and people were taking pictures with it. And um, I got to talking to Guillermo, and he was like, you know, he's like kind of impressed he goes you know i got a friend who has a project he's trying to get funding for you might want to meet him i go okay now i'm stupid i go oh who is it i don't do that right (laughs) so we end up meeting george romero like imagine you know just like a jaw just dropped i'm like oh my god and um so it was dead reckoning and we were at dinner and uh I was so excited and I ran home that night and I read the script and I really, really hated it. <laughs> I was like, no. Well, the main, the main problem I had with it is that I don't, I see zombies. Now this is the grandfather of zombies that I'm about to tell this to, but I was right. like, I, I don't, um, I don't, I think zombies are like a hive mentality. I don't think they would follow one zombie. Um, and uh, at the time, he, he agreed with me. I think he was just being nice, but he agreed with me. And um, but uh, it ended up there was some uh, problems with uh, the people I was working with in the company. And so he just dropped out and Universal ended up picking up the project and they recalled it Land of the Dead. And my favorite George Romero story is that I was talking to him um, and that he had walked off the set at least three times in Land of the Dead. Because you've got, it's a studio movie. So you got all these studio people trying to validate their reason for living. And they go, you know, we want you to change this. And and, and the main thing that they wanted, they wanted a happy ending. Yes, a happy ending to a zombie film. So in the end, George ended up compromising. And that's why the zombies at the end, 
walk across the bridge to Canada. Right. That was the compromise. Now, the script Dead Reckoning was, was, was again, was pure George Romero analogy. You know, it's, it's um, I, I'll tell you real quick. It basically, it was about the, the, the Cabrini Green, not Cabrini Green, um, uh, what was it called? Uh, green, something green. Anyway, it was the, uh, it was the apartment building. And um, it became a real allegory for 9-11. Um, you know, because that's what George does best. He has these messages in his films that, you know, don't hit you on the head, but then after you think about it. So anyway, at the end of Dead Reckoning, um, the bad guy is flying away in a helicopter. The helicopter, there, there's these two zombies in the back. They kill the to kill the helicopter and a uh, driver, I guess, a flyer. And the helicopter flies into the building. You know, it was, it was stuff like that. And so to read that and then see what Land of the Dead became, you know, it's a studio film. So George gave up and then he ended up doing Diary of the Dead and Survival of the Dead. He stayed independent, mm-hmm. but he did go studio. You know, what Warner Brothers was for Creepshow, but I think they had more control then. But uh, yeah, it was, it was a thrill of my life. You know, and the fact that I would share phone calls with them after that was amazing. Uh, Mike says it's uh, Cabrini Green. Cabrini Green. Yeah, it's, that's what I said, right? Cabrini Green? I think so. Yeah. No, Cabrini Green is a, a, a housing project in uh, Chicago, isn't it? I don't know. It's Green Meadows or something? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Sorry. He's probably right. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I have a mind like Teflon. Nothing sticks. <laughs> uh jane barker wants to know uh what are you up to at the moment brian besides talking to us of course that's pretty much my day <laughs> no um i got lots of fires in the, uh, uh, uh sticks in the fire or whatever you want to say um right now i'm working i have a, a partner in the uk that i work with um jason davitt and we are trying to get three films off the ground right now we have fracked which is a creature feature about prehistoric parasites that are resurrected from a, um, a fracking project. And then um, Express, which is a Fulci-inspired uh, witch story of revenge and, and stuff like that. And then uh, Jason did two vampire films um, that we're now trying to do the third film for. So I'm working with him. And then I'm working on a, which is new for me, a hip hop project um, for this group called uh, Definitive Collective. And if you don't know them, go to YouTube right after this interview and look them up. They're amazing Uh, because it's not because, because hip hop that I'm learning is um, changing. It's no longer chicks and booty and guns and crime. It's more of a positive message. It's more, more, more that. And so Definitive Collective is really into that in that style so i thought their story and how they came together and stuff would make a terrific movie so i'm working with two of those guys um chandler and steve uh to try to get a story together and then i'm uh i found a writer here in the uk uh kevin o'brien and he has this amazing stoner comedy called the og high um so i'm working with him right now hoping to get that off the ground so yeah but I'm always looking for projects. But so right now I'm doing those things. Um, oh, yeah. Mike adds, 
Cabrini Green, uh, yeah, it is Chicago. You know, it's in uh, the Candyman movie. Oh, right, 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 right. So it was something green. Oh, Fiddler's Green. That's it. Mike, it's Fiddler's Green. There Mike. we go. <laughs> now we've got it all worked out. Mike's my new best friend. Call me yeah. every five minutes. <laughs> Good man, yeah. So the... um. Uh, how how would things change? How how do you keep up with the change from so like uh, the mid '90s? You know, it's like uh, VHS tapes, and then the rise of blue uh, well DVD and Blu-ray, and then like the video stores collapse, and now it's it's on demand. Like uh, I assume you have to keep up with all the the change in technology and how people watch movies. Oh, absolutely! I I was really lucky because when I got to Hollywood in 1990, um, it was still the old you know get the the movie into theaters from theaters to home video to cable you know so i got to learn as as the industry changed i had to change and adapt as well so i've i've gone through all of that the, the thing that scares me um trisha if you're looking for something that more that scares me is streaming streaming is terrifying to me because they don't that you don't know really how they're keeping the records or the books um, they don't offer a lot of money. Um, you know, it, it's, it, it's, it's really hard to keep track. Um, I'm lucky because horror, you know, there's like 14 different streaming services or Shudder and Halloween films. And there's so many, you know, outlets to sell my films to, but other films don't have it as lucky, you know, because, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's the five majors. And now look at Paramount and, and um, HBO and Disney, they're all splintering. So I think it's going to, everything old is new again. So I think at some point, all of these separate streaming companies, cable companies are going to have to make them into tiers like they did in the nineties. Like if you want HBO, you also have to get Comedy Central and da, 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 da. So I think that's where that's going. Um, um, but it, it, but it's, it's frightening. It's frightening because, it, you, you know, is, for example, um, if I had a film right now, um, I would go to my distributor, always have a distributor, people. So go to the distributor and see if they could pre-sell, like say Russia and Asia, and you can use that money to make your movie. Now that's the old way. Now it, you can't do that. Or it's really, really difficult unless it's a known title, then they know they're going to make their money back because the streaming has, has changed everything. Now I'm guilty of it too. I mean, I have like 500 films on voodoo, you know, cause it's, it's easier for me to just go on my tablet and go out and watch this and that, you know, and so physical, um, physical content, uh, Blu-rays and 4k and 8k and 16k and I don't know where they're going to end up. You know, I bought a 3d television. And I like 3D and they discontinued it. So I'm pissed off about that. But anyway, um, <laughs> um, you know, where, where does it end? Where is it going to stop? And like I said, the physical media. So luckily with they pass that broadband thing, you know, uh, that people are going to say, because you're going to need it. It's going to be like electricity and um, ice cream. You, you just got to have it. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird because uh, I always, I always tell you know, I like to support uh, uh, physical media, but I, I'm guilty of it too. Even something I know I own, 
a lot of times it's easier just to watch it because uh, I know it's streaming somewhere than go to go find my DVD of it. And I know that's kind of silly because I own it, but it's just it's simpler. But well, what does sell me are, are uh, you know, the specials, especially in older movies, which um, unless it's like a, a release from Arrow or something, a lot of a lot of the newer movies don't have anything like that. They don't have commentary tracks. And... No. Yeah. I mean, even the menus on Blu-ray are just static and dvd i remember the rocky horror picture show dvd had this great menu and you know it was just it was just like they put time and effort into it now it's just a static picture and you go play special features you know it's like it's lazy um and i agree i mean i buy you know arrow and um, and uh i'm drawing a blank yeah blue sky or whatever but i mean all of those yeah yeah vinegar um syndrome and all those but the thing is, is that, um, for example, they uh, shout or scream. Scream put out a, a special edition of Dog Soldiers, right? Mm-hmm. And um, they were complaining that they didn't have a, a master, so it had to be off of print. I have all those things, so I contacted them and I said, "Look, I have, I have, I have all the stuff I saved from the garbage." When they threw it out, I have like the the dailies. I have all this stuff. Never got back to me. Like it's just so uh, it's really frustrating. But I'm I'm with you. I love that stuff. Like the the Godzilla that the Criterion did. You know, I just you know I love I love that stuff. It's like small film school mm-hmm. each time. But now you're right. It's like they just throw these things out, and uh, it's it's because the studios don't they're not making the money they used to on physical media it's it's streaming and you know but we'll we'll see what happens everything evolves yeah i've interviewed a couple people recently who said uh they were looking into um putting some of the special features on streaming like to put their commentary tracks and behind the scenes and i don't know how that would work well i mean they do i mean amazon and uh microsoft and some other sites have the special features but again, it's, 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 you know, it's data. So like, you know, you're paying for it. And if it, you know, and, and I, I don't know, I, it really frustrates me as a, as a producer, um, you know, because I like, I like DVDs and I, I liked our yeah. Blu-rays. I like when they do something special with them and, and, and that's the way it should be. I mean, I don't mind paying extra for, for a booklet or, or something um but i don't know I, I guess it's 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 what everything comes down to the money it's it's what sells yeah i remember you know? i used to buy all the herschel gordon lewis movies even the stuff i didn't really care about uh i like his horror movies but like some of his weird like uh female bike gang movies just because i liked his commentary i like to listen to him talk so i would actually even not watch the movie first i would just listen to the commentary because i found him entertaining Right. That's what I love. It's like um, I recently watched Madman again with the commentary and I learned so much from their commentary. Um, that's what I mean. I mean, it's just like uh, that. It, it, it's a treasure trove for filmmakers, um, but uh, studios are getting a little bit lazy and, and a lot of them are pressing by demand now. You know, like uh, Warner Brothers does the archive edition where you're getting basically a burned Blu-ray. You know, and I've had so many troubles with it. Anyway, I, I could bitch all night. 
Uh, Tristan, do you have another question? Do you have any advice for aspiring creators? I'm tempted. I'm tempted to say what Richard Donner told me, um, because it because it, it it is so difficult. It really is, and I I, I don't want to be that guy, but having been in it for over thirty years and, and just having to deal with um, stuff, what I what I would tell my students and and things like that would be just like, you know, although the universities hated me, but basically it's like, why are you spending money on film school? We live in a magical world now. Spend that money and get yourself a camera. Develop your style. Find the stories yourself, you know, because film school, yeah, it'll introduce you to people and it will teach you basics if you don't know it, but it, it can't teach style. It can't teach, um, you know, creativity in that, in that sense. You got to go out and do it. So, so, so get a camera. I have a friend, um, Brian Drollett, who did a film called Be Like Trees. He did it all on his iPhone. And if you did not tell me that it was done on his iPhone, I would never have guessed. That's how good th these cameras are getting. And he got some amazing footage. It's on YouTube, if anyone wants to check it out. It's called Be Like Trees. And done on his, done, done on his phone. So, you know, um, I, I ran into that problem. Um, whereas right now, anybody with 10 friends and a phone can make a zombie movie and that zombie movie will now compete with my studio film do you see what i mean it's like you know so i tell people go out and just do it you know it's, don't let anyone stop you and there's so many avenues there's youtube and venmo and or not venmo venmo was <laughs> it anyway i don't know that's right there's so, yeah. Yeah, but there's so, yeah yeah there's so many avenues um but it all comes down to marketing. How do you get eyes on the product? You know, I mean, I've done it with Facebook. You know, I keep up, you know, somebody writes me on Facebook, I write them back. Um, especially critics. I've learned critics, they kill me. Because I, I would get some really nasty, like, um, for example, when uh, Basement Jack and Evolution came out, okay, somebody pirated the films in, du in Dubai before they got released. So um, there were 10,000 hits on both movies. 10,000 people had watched both films before it was even released. And people would write negative comments of films they stole. Like, oh, this movie, there's too much going on. Okay, well, <laughs> you know, but you put 10 bucks to every, to the, that $10,000 or 10,000 views, and that's a lot of money. And a little independent company like mine, you know, we can't, we can't, you know, we don't have a Batman to boost that um that loss you know it's a, it's a really it really kills people so um and i know you would just um neil you just wrote something about um about hating the fan films yeah yeah which i got a lot, some hate messages about on facebook right which um, i was reading right before this interview yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah don't read that that's the thing i, I don't but oh i want to finish my thoughts because I have so many. Um, it's basically, so I would actually contact people that wrote negative and 90% of them were frustrated writers. That, that's, that's always what it is. It's like, they're just venting. So yeah, don't, don't read that. But um, what was I going to say about, uh, oh, oh, fan films. So I've been, I watched them and you know what? There's some really creative people. I will totally agree with that. I, I get them noticed. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, my thing was more about um, so many of them will, uh, some of them get hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> well, no, that's not too many, but some do. But a lot of them get like tens of thousands of dollars. And I don't know, there's something to me uh, weird for, and I, I don't know, I just think it's wrong to get a, a bunch of money for something you didn't create and you don't well, know they if they got the money to make it that's okay if they're getting money um showing it they're breaking the law they're breaking copyright laws i mean so they, they can't charge right as far as i know nobody's charging for these i mean you can just watch them on youtube but I mean, you know some of, yeah, some played festivals. Uh, the, the one person was saying that, like, some of the, I mean, I guess it's looked at a different way. I think some of them have. Um, I'm and not positive in all. Yeah, it's a very yeah. strange uh, thing to me. I don't, I don't quite understand it. But. It is, but I mean, you know, like uh, never hike alone. You know, just because it. Let's face it; they had those films had more imagination than that stupid reboot. You know, in the snow. I mean, let's put Jason in another. You know, it's it 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 it, it takes the fans to to make the films we want to see now because everything. And now you're going to get me started, but like like that that crappy Halloween cash grab and uh, Ghostbusters and all those films that are relying on the member berries. Oh, remember this? Remember this? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get very. I didn't get a lot of good feedback in messages uh we did a video review of the new ghostbusters annabelle uh, my friend annabelle and i and uh I, I think we're in the minority most people really loved it but i that's what the whole movie was do you remember this and this and this from uh the ghostbusters it's the same with the with the, that halloween well halloween kills you know somebody needs to die for that but <laughs> halloween here's where they went wrong well it was written by stoners for stoners let's just put it out there right remember this remember this and yeah, let's just ignore the other films and okay, that's fine. You know, whatever you want to do. But where they screwed up was when uh, Michael Myers goes in that one house and kills the mom and then he walks past the baby. At that point, that's where they made the mistake because if he's a force of evil, he would not have let that baby live. So dead babies. That's what you're lobbying. No, 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 no. In that is the universe, message of the evening. No, I love babies. No, but I understand with the right garnish. <laughs> if you put, if you, if you're gonna, you know, you gotta, if you're gonna stay in the universe, you, you know, you gotta play by the rules you set up. Right, and 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 that's not what they're doing now. Now it's just just giant cash grab, and you know. I got to talk to John Carpenter. He actually picked the poster for Dog Soldiers. We were oh, at a Fangoria convention and I got a chance. He, I think he came to our booth or, or somehow and I showed him the poster and he goes, what is this, a war movie? And I had to point out in the original poster that the werewolves were in the image of the moon. And he goes, no, no, no. You need a single image, bright colors to do it. And so that's what we did. I mean, we ended So he actually helped us develop the poster for that. And I, I love John Carpenter, but I'm sorry. And anyway, I saw a quote from him. He goes, he picks up variety and he sees they're making another Halloween and he goes, well, I'm getting another check. I mean, that's just terrible. I'm sorry. That's just, you know, I mean, so when, when a film, be, sometimes a film becomes beloved and you can't, you, you, you can't mess with it. It's like if they remake Jaws, 
some people are going to die because <laughs> you, you just can't do that. And uh, The Exorcist, I, I'm really worried about what Bloomhouse is going to do with The Exorcist. However, right. to be fair, I really like the first season of the TV show. It was amazing. Like, they really took it there. And then the second season, the priest becomes gay and he goes to some, uh, who knows, and it got canceled. I mean, it was like, what is this? Um, you know, or the Damien TV show. Did you see that? Yeah. Oh my God. So he takes pictures of war atrocities and becomes more evil. And what about Godzilla versus Kong? Monkey punches lizard for two hours. In the center of the earth with a giant battle axe. Yeah. So stupid. I'm <laughs> so mad at everything right now. I haven't seen a good movie in so long. Can you recommend one? Yeah, um, Last Night in Soho I thought was very good and I loved Antlers. It? Yeah, in Antlers. Oh, Antlers? Oh, I, yeah, I was going to watch Antlers, but I didn't. Oh, I thought it was probably two of my favorite uh, movies I saw at the theater this year. Censor, uh, that had a limited release, but I really liked it. Okay, I'll watch those. I'm just, I'm just so frustrated at you know all these member berries. Those guys from South Parks, they're geniuses. But it's true. It's like you know, remember this. <laughs> Don't worry about creativity or or, or anything. Just remember this. Mm-hmm. That you know, has I, been a new phenomenon in in the sequels of of the last ten years. That, that's the uh, you know the new Star Wars movies. They're all that. Remember every right exactly. Thing. I mean, what was that atrocity? Oh my God! My name's Skywalker, and so is my wife. I mean, what 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 is happening with with these movies? Doesn't anyone think anymore? And then Chubzilla, you know, get on a treadmill, Godzilla. You know where all this started? I'm going to tell you where all this started. With that Yawn of the Dead. That remake right, that right. Uh, Snyder did. Okay, first mm-hmm. of all, I'm not, a, I'm not a, the brightest person in the world, but if zombies run, they're dead. They have no circulations. Their ankles would break. End of story. Second of thing, everything happened for the convenience of the writer. Oh my God, the zombies are coming. Where can we go? Camera pans up. There's the mall. What? <laughs> It's so frustrating. And they got millions of dollars to do that. You know, and here, 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 I've met so many great creative people who, who, who have such great ideas, new ideas, can't get at the time of day. But, you know, you put a guy, a, a guy who spends all his life in gym, in the gym and in spandex, and, you know, it's these superhero movies are just like, you know, they're supposed to be morality tales. Wasn't that what the comic books were about? Right. And what are the movies about? Captain America's ass. <laughs> Look at that ass. Yeah, That's America's, America's ass. ass, right. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I'm so sad. <laughs> uh, when we first started the show in 2006, uh, I think he was the sixth guest was Adam Green. It was before Hatchet came out. And I, I just mentioned that I really liked the, the log line of it or, you know, whatever the subtitle was uh, not based on a, it was not a sequel, not a remake, not based on, on a Japanese movie. And I brought up and he said that was from an actual rejection letter he got uh, that they sent this, you know, to get it distributed. And they said it, but they said they declined because it wasn't a reboot, a remake or based on a Japanese movie. And I just, All I, right. no. I thought it was very bizarre it's it's so true oh when i made sleep stalker okay horror movies were pretty much they're bolton um so we couldn't call it a horror movie 
this is 95. We had to call it a dark fantasy. (laughs) That's how horror. Yeah. If if something gets up at Academy Award, it's no longer horror. It's always a thriller or psychological thriller. Right. But, 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 you know, we, we did sleep stalker through prism and prism was like, no, do not even say the H word. It's a dark fantasy, you know, but that's just it. You know, it's, the marketing it's it's all the, the 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 people that are that are hanging on to you know to make money off the artists you know these gatekeepers and you know because i was a talent agent for a few years i was a literary agent so i so i've been lucky because i got to see the inside and that's why i tell people to just do it yourself don't i have to have an agent or i won't get anywhere no if you if you have somebody who's interested, you can get a lawyer for twenty bucks to write a letter, you know, register the script and and you know stuff like that. It's just like it's so aggravating, you know. I feel bad for these kids because I I see you know they all oh, I want to make these films and you know, and I'm like, just do it, just just do it. You have so many great avenues. TikTok, even you know, someone just brought that up in the chat room. Actually, Walter brought up TikTok. Yeah, I mean, you know, some of these kids are getting so super famous from just these dance moves. I've tried them. I threw my back out. I can't. This is not. It's impossible. To I do, do those have. A, I do have a. I. I don't. I don't have thousands of these, but I did have a TikTok video that that did fairly well. I I did the. You remember they had the crate challenge a few months ago. Mm-hmm. So I did my crate challenge. You know, they were supposed to, but I just did in a straight line, and it actually got a lot of views. Is is very stupid, which I know is hard to believe with the guy with the no, trophy hat. But stupid you know. is currency now. Come on, <laughs> no, like, I'm a rich yeah, man I, then, apparently. You're yeah, because I can I wish I could come up with something really stupid. <laughs> um, I keep trying, but you know. I didn't want to bring up uh, earlier today. I did an interview with um, the people who uh, made this movie. I need you dead, which was premiering uh, Friday in, in uh, Brooklyn. And it's a, you know, it's like a trauma-esque movie, but I just, just yeah. want to say that he said that working for trauma on Shakespeare Shitstorm was his film school, which I thought was uh, interesting because uh, he didn't go to film school. He worked on a, a trauma movie and watched, you know, Lloyd Coffin make the movie. And, uh, you know, that's how he learned to make movies himself. Oh, absolutely. The best training is, uh, is porno films <laughs> because believe me, much like Jaws and Dog Soldiers, those films are made in editing. But um, it, it really is, um, it, you, you learn a lot. You learn a lot uh, doing that. I, I, I actually was on the set for two when I was first starting back in 90, 91. And um, very professional, you know, just very, the smell was atrocious, but, but you learned a lot. You learned a lot and you had to learn fast and video and, and stuff like that. So I have a lot of respect. I have, I have a lot of friends. I have a friend who's doing, who's doing porn. He's now directing films for um, Hallmark. He's got a Christmas <laughs> film. Like, it's like, that's Hollywood. That's people fall off. I've, I've dealt with some of the worst. I don't want to say backstabbers, but I will. I have. And, you know, they fell up. You know, they're doing major movies now. And it's just, you know, it's it's kind of sad. So when I see someone with talent like, like um, Gary and um, Walter with um, Plaga Plaga Zombie, I mean, imagine those guys if they had a budget. You know what I'm saying? Imagine mm-hmm. 
you know, stuff like this. Because Gary has, you know, you watch the film and, and, and the camera angles and the things he did with it, like, it's just like, wow, you know, th th there's talent here. And um, these are the guys. I wouldn't think, and I'm probably going to have fun with this because it's probably kind of a schlocky movie, and it is, but it really is, has a lot of heart and it is well made. And there's a lot of visuals for, you know, a movie that I don't think really has much of a budget at all. It's very fun. Yeah. No, and it's and, and it's all part of the charm. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, um I really enjoyed it and I, I like to see more of that. And I think I think people should see that film and and, is, and be encouraged, you know. Um and, and stop watching these, you know, giant ice shark movies and <laughs> you know, and well, I mean, come on, like, you know, it's like, you know, the the, the they, they they think they have one hit by accident and suddenly there's a new genre, you know. And it's, 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 you know, it's frustrating. Remember, yeah. I've interviewed some of those people and I always brought, that is its own genre though. Like the sci-fi movies, like the Sharknado, that's like its own people. Uh, it's never been my thing, whatever people are into, that's fine. But it is, it's become its own genre of film. Right. Right. And, and, and there's fans and I've seen a few that I, I really like. I mean, I, I'm a huge killer animal, grizzly food of the gods, yeah, the Lepus. Yeah, all of those. I would love to do. It. Actually, Cemetery Gates is my my tribute to those films. You know, um, I did a film that was going really out of budget, so the money had to come from somewhere. So it came out of Cemetery Gates, and so I was left with like two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and I was like, you know what? I'm rewriting the script, and it's base. It's basically a menu seven. Uh, uh, 17 people die in 90 minutes. We used 80 plus gallons of blood. We just had a lot of fun. And you know what? It's probably next to Dog Soldiers, my most successful film. You know, people got it. You know, Is that we have a lot of somewhere. Um, no. Well, you can watch it pirated on YouTube. Wow. But it's in pieces. I don't know um, if condone that, but it's up to you. No, I mean, I got paid. I don't <laughs> Well, I'd rather people just watch them, you know. Um, but um, uh, yeah, so yeah, so Cemetery Gate, yeah, it's my, it, it's probably my favorite, just because it was just you know we didn't carry more, and we had a lot of great cameos. We had Greg Nicotero, and Reggie Bannister was in it, and um, Howard Berger, and um, I'm drawing a blank now, but you know it was it was it was fun, you know, and and, and people seemed to enjoy it. So yeah, that's that's my favorite one. Well, you know, Tristan's looking really cool right now. Looks like a paranormal activity or something. Oh, the what light is, was just it looks on it. It honestly, eyes, I so. think it looks creepy. I like it. Yeah. I, I'm glad you don't mind that I turned it off. Oh, I, like <laughs> I it, thought yeah. it might be kind of rude, but it adds a lot of. Water. I think it has a lot of atmosphere. It's cool. Oh, thanks. I'll be dark <laughs> from now on. <laughs> I'm kind of scared though. Maybe this will be my new phobia. Uh, do you have a question, Trista? Sure. Yeah. What are the best and worst parts of filmmaking for you, Brian? Uh, the best of times and the worst of times. Um, <laughs> I, uh, well, uh, the, the, the worst is always the behind the scenes drama. There's always, you know, something goes wrong or someone's stealing or someone's, you know, and I, I've gone through all of that. And, um, but the best part, the best part is, 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 is the actors and, and, and the putting themselves out and, 
and, uh, and, and you know, and sitting, sitting in the audience. Um, I remember when we, we showed Dog Soldiers at, um, at the Egyptian, and it was star-studded. We had, um, I, don't, I can never say her last name, Mia, how do you say her last name? Mia, from Resident Evil, Mila. I know. Uh, anyway, there you go. You know, and her husband, Paul Anderson, and there was, you know, and, and, and Don um, Costarelli from Phantasm sat next to me and uh you know just to have him glowing about it and and uh at comic-con well i told you like uh, guillermo del toro was like just went on and on about it and, you know it's just like all i can think is all the horrible things that the, the the werewolf heads never worked and and we use dancers instead of mimes and the werewolves look like dog or look like drag queens and you know that's all i can see when i watch it and you know and all the fights and stuff like that so but when when an audience sees it and they react it's the best feeling in the world it really is it's like it's why we do it you know and and when i go to conventions and somebody rolls up their sleeve and shows me a tattoo of one of my monsters that is incredible you know you're like wow or when somebody i remember this one guy came up to me and showed opened his laptop and said i saw cemetery gates and i wanted to be a monster designer and he showed me all these animatronic things he did. Genius. Like, I was like, I inspired that? Wow. Wow. You know, that's, that, that's, the, that, that's why we do it. You know, give back. So uh, you said you haven't really seen a, a good horror movie lately, but uh, what, what are some of your favorite horror movies of, like, modern day, even if it's not in the last couple of years? Um, you know, I've been so busy. I'm so behind on everything. I haven't seen Dexter. I haven't seen any of these shows. Um, I saw um, the house that John, uh, Jack built was pretty wild. Although I didn't understand the end. Did you see it? Yeah. What, what uh, was that ending? I think the <laughs> end is, is him actually going to hell. Right. But I don't know. That, that picnic scene, this was astounding. Um, you know, I watch a lot of like, independent films because you know i like trying to help people find distributors and stuff like that you know um and plus you know i've been trying to get my own films going so i haven't really seen that's why i asked you i go you know when i do take time and it sucks like halloween kills oh my god i basically see every movie that comes out yeah you're so uh, lucky so, i used to i used I to lucky it might be uh, crazy but yeah i go and yeah, i own much most of them just haven't watched them i'm very i'm very bad at that because i just been really 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 busy but like when i see halloween kills and it's so bad and it's like i give up I, I just, how much did this movie cost 20 million 30 million i could have made you know 110 movies out of that you know and i you know and i've read such good scripts of you know people so that's that's my cross to bear I will say this was really weird. Uh, Annabelle and I went to see uh, Halloween Kills and we did a video review of it. We do a show dinner and a movie, so we review the movies while we're eating. And I was saying, like, I can't understand. Like, if you already don't, if you've uh, seen all the Halloween movies, I don't know how you would enjoy this movie. And then our uh, our server, she said that she had never seen any other Halloween movie. And I was, and so we interviewed her, and she loved Halloween Kills. And I was like, I, I, it was very strange to me. But th and then she said she went back and watched the original Halloween. And I thought I'm kind of a grumpy 
old horror fans against remakes and i didn't but if it, if it results in someone going back and watching the classics i was like oh that's pretty cool and she also watched the exorcist because she liked something some other uh, new movie and so i was like oh that's cool anyway this person uh is like 20 years old and went and watched all the the old movies because she watched the new ones yeah the worst thing that ever happened is that i have to say the original blank now because there's so right, many right. remakes or, or and when, when these kids go to me and well, they sometimes go, people say that it's not even the original i remember when they had the new mummy out and people there were people i knew who thought that the brendan fraser movie was the original mummy no, right well we've lived too long <laughs> that, that's what's happened it's like oh my god so do you even know who boris Karloff is mm-hmm. you mean the voice of the grinch Okay, I'm just gonna jump here. They probably wouldn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't even. Yeah, they wouldn't even know that. But it's like, yeah. I always, I always have that. Yeah, there was an original one. Or yeah, there was, you know. But yeah, it makes me happy when they go back and go. Oh, that was so much better. And I'm like, yeah, right. Because they're creatures of their time. You can't remake. You can't recapture that. That's that's the lesson we learned from that Friday the Thirteenth reboot. Was you're gonna put any serial killer in that role? Didn't, it wasn't Jason, you know, it wasn't. It was, it could have been Leatherface. It could have been anybody. How many more Texas Chainsaws are they going to make? I'm, you know, what part of that story are we missing? It's, it's really, I always think when I was a kid, like I, I, I it was kind of exciting because every Friday the 13th, this was before, you know, cable and stuff. Um, they would show the Friday the 13th movies in order of whatever they were up to, part three, part four. And you could mm-hmm. watch all those even later on in order but you couldn't really watch like all the halloween movies today and it wouldn't make any sense if you watch in order because they'd skip but you know once they get to a certain point they skip like three four five six and then do this the h2o and then like they totally reboot it and then they skip two three four five six and h2o for the new one uh you know it'd be just going all over the place i don't know how you'd watch all these movies in order and make any sense out of them yeah the new fad is timelines oh it's a different timeline oh i we used to call it you run out of ideas and just rehash it <laughs> but if you want to call it a timeline go ahead go ahead um yeah it's it's ridiculous it's ridiculous i think it's just it's it's just it's the business part of it it's like walking dead should have ended three seasons ago you know now it's become Gunsmoke with zombies it's really weird because then they they, they have more um um you know offshoots planned in the movie and it seems like the the worst time to plan all these more uh walking dead is because like there's not that really hardcore fan base for it right now well i have to say fear the walking dead which i didn't like to begin with actually is growing on me because uh, it's because at least it's different human stories whereas like i said walking dead just became gun smoke with 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 the zombies once in a while when they remembered oh yeah i think they're supposed to be zombies <laughs> like it was a rainstorm oh let's, let's throw some zombies in you know just long speeches morality tales sad sad to see that show get go down yeah. um in the early show days of without your head i was reading the comic and i was like this this comic is great it would make a great tv show and then it, it became and no one no one credits me no they won't. I'm just kidding about that. But we're, I didn't no, talk about it. it. Would make a great TV. We're show. ahead of our time. We're we're we're, we're creatures of the future. 
Don't now I can barely see Trist. I can see a little bit of her forehead. I know. Sorry, guys. It was nice chatting with you, though. Sorry <laughs> no, I had a lighting issue. I think it's going to, it reminds me of those movies, and at some point you're just going to pop out and scare me. That's what, what I think is going to happen. Sorry. No, I'll let cool. you wrap it up, um, Neil. Sorry I had a lighting problem. No, Thank it's you. Totally fine. It was so nice, Brian, to meet you. Me and, too. Uh, I hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you. I loved hearing your stories so much. Oh, yeah. I have more. Call me. You're my new best friend. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks Take for care. Happy this. holidays. Yeah. You too. Happy Turkey Day. Thank you. You too. It's good to see you again and say hi Thank to the you. cats. Sure will. Um, <laughs> Bye. This is how every Tinder date ends for me. <laughs> no. What a guy with a turkey hat? No. no, no, the light, the light goes out. <laughs> oh, the, okay, light, yeah. the yeah. light fades and it's like, uh, oh, okay, bye. No. <laughs> oh, what a world we live in. <laughs> so uh, they asked you what you were up to. So um, well, how about this last year though, during the pandemic? Uh, did that put a hold on anything you were working on? Yeah, the, the pandemic hurt a lot. It, it really did. Um, you know, I had I had things going. I, you know, and, and in my work, when you're trying to get financing and stuff, you got to go meet the people because they're not financing the film. They're financing you. They're, they're buying you. And you need to deliver this product. And so I couldn't go out and meet people and I couldn't go out and do what I had to do. So like most people in in this industry, we suffered the most and got nothing. You know, they were they were uh, helping all these other people, but the people in the entertainment industry, we got nothing. You couldn't file for unemployment because you're considered self-employed. You know, you couldn't you couldn't get any of the stimulus, you know, except for the one everyone got. But you know what I'm saying? So a lot of my my friends, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I have two friends in L.A. right now that are that are living in their cars. They had to choose between keeping their apartments or eating. Mm-hmm. And um, I won't say the studio name, but <laughs> um, in order to help people, instead of giving them more money or, you know, what they did was they let them use the shower in the morning, the, the company shower. So they can come in and shower, but they still have to live in their cars. Yeah. And I have friends who are living in tents under, under um, underpasses in LA. It's, it's much worse than the, the news is letting you on because, because and I, I'm not a political person, so I'm not trying to be political, but the fact is, is that they're trying to, to show you that the government is, is working now. We're over the, the, the Trump disaster, but it's not true. There's so many people still out of work and, 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 and you know, wait, you know, I mean, it's, it's like you wouldn't ask a doctor to go get a job as a server. What we do, you and I, and is a specialized service. We, we, we trained all our lives for these, we, you know, our jobs or whatever. And, 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 and they, 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 they threw us out. They, they just said, fine. And, but, now, but, but, but when they start showing reruns, hey, where's my new shows? Why don't I have new shows? Right. Well, because, you know, I had a friend who committed suicide during this period. No, really you know, I mean, it was, it was, yeah, but it, it's just, <laughs> what, it just was, you know, it was horrible, but it, but, but, it, but it showed, hopefully it showed a lot of holes in the system and that hopefully things will get better. I mean, where were the guilds? Where was SAG and where was Writers Guild helping people? Mm-hmm. You know, where were they? They did nothing. Oh, here's a, here's a seminar on how to get a job. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> 
So, you know, again, I know that sounds bitter, but when you have friends who are suffering like that, you know, and you can't get any projects going and, you know, and it's still that way here in the UK, you know, they're, they're going to have lockdown again. Yeah. So what? They were saying my, um, my vaccine was not good enough because, because the U S doesn't, doesn't have a, a safety or whatever. They, they do it better. So I have to get my shots again. <laughs> Really? Because they don't believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a notice. Oh, they're really good in the UK. They have a they have a um, app, and they really keep you up to date. And you have to scan things. They got it down to a science. Here, we're arguing, you know, about well, the 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 guy, the cosmic cash machine in the sky will protect us with his blood. And meanwhile, they're the ones who are dying. It's sad. It's, it's really, I, I'm really sad <laughs> about that. You know, it's, it's but, but, but we'll survive, we'll get out of it. And, and there'll be some great stories that come out of it, you know, but I'm just sorry that, uh, that everyone's going through this still. Did you, um, you know, during the time, that, so they started to put movies like, um, you know, they would debut them a lot of times on HBO Max or, or, or streaming the same time they would be at the theater. Do you think, um, because they, they still keep that up, you know, some of the movies today. Do you think that in the, in the long run that will hurt people ever going back to the theater again? No, no, no. As long as, as long as people are still dating, they'll always be going to the theaters. I was hoping that drive-ins would come back. Yeah, I would too. I, I grew up with the drive-ins. drive-ins so yeah. yeah, I love drive-ins. Um, it was the first time I saw a boob. Because if you went down uh, a street... <laughs> And you could see some of the uh, screen of a drive-in. Right, right. The first time I saw a movie, I was like, you know, the kids are not going to have these magical experiences. Um, but no, I thought drive-ins were, were going to come back. I thought, I, I was hoping that we'd get a more um, uh, screenings of classic films. I mean, these kids, I, I talked to, I keep saying kids, but these young adults, um, Never saw Alien on the big screen. Never saw Aliens. Never saw, you know, some of the greatest films that are so different. Dog Soldiers alone is a much different experience on the big screen. I think pretty much any movie is, but yeah. Yeah. No, well, there's, you know, there's some dramas that pretty much is TV friendly, you know. But but yeah, like horror films and sci-fi and, you know. I mean, Dune, you can't even watch on TV because the scope is so, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be like this. (laughs) yeah. You know, it's going to be like, you know, watching it on TV, you know, it's like, um, it's like when they brought the Star Wars movies back, that was great because, you know, whole generation never saw, saw them on the big screen. And I think I was hoping they would do more of that since no films were being made, but they didn't. Instead, Disney bought Fox. And now Frankenfurter is a Disney princess. It's, that's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, I but, will say uh, I started going back to the movies this summer, I guess. And at, originally, uh, sometimes I, I wouldn't be the old, I'd be about the only person. There'd be very few. And it was a very weird experience going to the AMC in Boston. And like, it's a great big theater with like 20, you know, screens. And like, there'd be like me and like three people. But um, over the last month or so, it's been really busy. Some some of the theaters have been packed. There was packed for Dune, which I was a little surprised at because I didn't know if it would be a movie that really appealed to like a big audience. But uh, I, I, I know I want everyone to be safe, but at the same time, I do like that people are going back into the, the see movies. Yeah. Cause that's, that's where they belong. Mm-hmm. It's like watching Broadway on TV. It's like, why the heck are you watching 
a play on TV, go, go to the theater. That's a whole experience. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, 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 it's like, you know, but, but, but people are becoming simple. Well, listen, Spielberg back in the nineties, I think it was, was trying to, was trying to start a company where you could pay $80 and see first run films. Right. You know, so it's not a new idea. Yeah. It's not a new idea. It's just like, you know, they put a lot of money into Sonic the Hedgehog and damn it, people were going to watch it whether they liked it or not. Right. So I, wasn't that like the first? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Sonic the Hedgehog. I actually, or... I say I see everything, but I actually did not see Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, it's good. It's Is good. It, yeah. it might be. I don't know. I just, uh, yeah, it no, no. It's, even if you don't play the video game, it, it was still entertaining. Yeah, I was a Nintendo guy, Nintendo kid. So I, I was uh, playing like Mario. Oh, so, so where do you stand on the whole Chris? What's his name? I, I don't know why anyone cares. I mean, yeah, it's like it's a voice anyway, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not, not even... like uh, in the last like. I also think it's weird that people act like the the other Mario Brothers movie is some classic because it's a really terrible movie. Oh no, it's but so neither Mario and Luigi and it aren't Italian either, so I don't know. You know what else is terrible? This Mountain Dew gingerbread i saw that actually yesterday when i was out with my brother and i was like i don't uh maybe if it was gingerbread root beer or something but because isn't isn't uh is it that like lemon lime then mixed with gingerbread that doesn't sound no right. it's it tastes like gingerbread oh, okay. very mild it tastes like christmas coke with too much cinnamon <laughs> all right but yeah, it's it's like what is happening in my mouth? <laughs> but you had to try it though, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, I just wanted to throw that commercial in. Back to no, the show. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I'm happy. I see a lot of old movies too. I saw The Possession uh, from '81 for the first time uh, last week at the theater. It was very cool. Yeah, last Halloween I watched 31 horror films I had never seen, like Last House on the Left. Oh, the original like, one or yeah the original one i've never, never seen, seen it. it wow never saw shivers which had lynn lowry who was in my yeah. film basement jack never saw that i so i watched 31 films horror films i've never seen some of them i'm glad i didn't see because <laughs> um, there's, there's not a lot that i didn't see so it was kind of hard but yeah. You know, there were some Hammer films that I saw that I never saw that I was glad I saw and stuff like that. So I think everyone should do that. Just, just kind of go and say, well, what films haven't I seen? Because, you know, the one thing that Blu-ray does really well is black and white films. The Universal Monster movies look so good on Blu-ray, like almost 3D, like yeah. just beautiful, just beautiful. So yeah, for Halloween, I do a 12-hour, we didn't do it last year because of COVID, but this year they brought it back. To, they do a 12-hour horror movie marathon at uh, Coolidge Theater. It's a really old theater. It's very cool from the 20s. And uh, they from midnight till noon the next day, and they always have a theme. And this theme was kind of a broad theme. It was just horror sequels, but they show, which they said was the very first horror sequel, which I guess is right, Bride of Frankenstein. And Halloween three were the two headliners, which is a very odd combination. But and then the rest were, you know, uh, it was uh, ran- well, not random, but it, they were mystery movies. So you didn't know what you were going to get after that. Yeah, no, that's but the one thing. I the Frankenstein in 35 millimeter was amazing to watch on the big screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember we went to go see Wizard of Oz. And the thing is, the, the other the downside of this 4K and stuff like that is now if you watch Wizard of Oz, it's like the, the the string on the lion's tail is its own character. It's like it's so clear. <laughs> uh-huh. It's like I kept watching it, going, I never noticed that before. 
Yeah. That, they, I noticed that because one time we went to see, it was an old 35 millimeter, millimeter print of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I think the bad print actually added to the movie because that movie does it shouldn't be real clear thing. And then we went and saw the restored version at the same theater. It was digital restored. And to me, it wasn't nearly as enjoyable because it was like crystal clear. And I don't know. I think sometimes if you clean up a movie too much, it doesn't work. Depending, uh, Hellraiser is the same way because they clean that up so much when they're pushing the monster down the hallway. Then you can actually see the feet of the people pushing it because they just yeah, yeah, brightened yeah. it up well, too much. There's a uh, 4K dog soldiers from Germany. I don't know how they did it, but they got it. And um, see, we filmed that in Super 16, which is a super grainy film stock. Mm -hmm. So they cleaned it up and it just doesn't look right. You know, it's, I mean, it's, it's nice. But and then we also did a lot of day for night shots. Um, there's like a blue tinge to things. And so when they color corrected it, it wasn't quite color corrected right or something like that. Only I would notice this stuff. So, right, yeah. but you know, I was like, "That's not wait. They, they look like blueberries." <laughs> Violet, you're turning into a blueberry. <laughs> you know. Uh -huh. but, uh, you spot, mentioned Don Coscarelli. Uh, the Phantasm uh, restored looks great, but I think I don't know. I, I guess it depends on the movie. Some movies have some of the shadow to hide things. You know, it was it was more artistic. Some of those movies, and it just happened to not uh, be that bright. Yeah, Phantasm is such a... I love it. What a magical movie. That It's just, you know, it, it's the film I show someone who's never seen a horror film, that would be the film I show them. You know, and then The Exorcist. But, um, yeah, Phantasm, you know, I, I was so glad to meet Don. And, you know, I remember we were walking into the parking lot of the Egyptian after the Dog Soldiers screening, and some people came up to me, and they're like, oh, I love that movie. And I go, yeah, but do you know who I'm standing next to? <laughs> You know, it's like, because I, 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 I don't take compliments very well because it's just sort of, because I, I have all the pain and suffering. And so, because a producer, so I don't get much joy from it, except, like I said, when I, I screen it and people react right. And I'm like, yeah. oh, thank God that worked. Um, but, you know, there's other films like uh, when I did Atlas Shrugged, I got death threats and police broke into my apartment. I woke up with a gun in my face. Because somebody who was jealous, not jealous, but whatever, that I that a hack horror writer wrote the movie version of their their classic book, so he called it uh, uh, suicide with a gun in on on me. So the police just broke into my apartment. It was like wild. So, Damn, geez. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, fun in filmmaking. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. only one interview we have that we got any death threats about, which is weird, but it was uh, death threats on the YouTube for um, the guy directed, uh, I'm not going to remember his name, a Serbian film. Uh, oh, my God. Why did you bring that up? <laughs> oh, my God. That movie still haunts me. And I see people at conventions with T-shirts that say, fuck <laughs> you and your baby. Yeah, yes. And I immediately want to crawl into a fetal position. <laughs> Seriously, that film, and the problem with it is it's well done. It is. Had That's it what a, I always say. It's actually a well-made and well-acted movie. Yeah. Had it been a crappy piece of pornography, I would have laughed it off. But it's mm -hmm. a really well-done movie. Like, who I thinks agree. of that? Yeah. It's, <laughs> uh, 
Seriously, and it takes a lot to phase me. I've seen everything. Uh-huh. You know, I laugh through faces of death. <laughs> Have you seen faces of death? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I love the bear. And I love the the blonde haired all American kid that gets eaten by the alligators. And <laughs> it's a it's a it's a cheer up movie for me, sad <laughs> as that is. <laughs> but you draw the line at a Serbian film, I understand. Oh my god, that yep, that's my line. And I tell everybody that I, I talk to, I go, have you seen it? I forbid you to watch it. I'm sorry to the, I'm sorry to the filmmaker. I'm, you know, hey, I hope you go on to do other films. You have quite the eye. Uh-huh. But yeah. that film is just wrong on every level. <laughs> and yet I want one of those t-shirts. So They are pretty cool. I, I remember taking a picture the first time I saw one at a, at a convention. I was like, I went up to him and said, can I take a picture of your shirt? It was pretty, yeah. Yeah, well, I really want to dish out 25 bucks my own. For the gym, yeah, no, I but... took a picture. <laughs> yeah, the picture. <laughs> then you can put your, then you can Photoshop your head on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm doing from now on. I'm not buying <laughs> nothing. Um, yeah, that movie. Anyway, I'm sorry I interrupted you. So you got death threats from? Yeah, the they run? were like, yes, yeah, saying like it deserved a bullet in the head for interviewing the guy, and I was like, whoa. Oh, really? Very weird. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I got those too for Atlas Shrugged, and I was like. Phew. That's a whole nother show. We'd have to do a whole nother show on, on just the Atlas Shrug movies. Um, but uh, yeah, that was quite the experience. Jeez, that's crazy. Well, uh, well, we will do another show sometime if you'd like. That would be fun. We'll get Trista back in, in the light. Yeah, just, no, no. She'll, she'll see what they all say. I'll never again. Never, no, <laughs> not with that guy. There's something wrong with him. <laughs> We'll go. We'll watch Atlas Shrugged, and we'll, maybe we'll no, agree with this well, guy. Yeah, that that's you know what that's that's. Um, I was so glad to be involved in that film, in that it was, I was able to make somebody's dream come true. Like uh, the the guy who put up the money and uh, John Aguilaro, you know. It's just that it it, it became a political thing and. Well, we can talk about it anyways, but yeah. um, I mean, it's out there now. So that's all I can say. I'll tell you the whole story next time, but stuff like that. Oh, and I was going to, I was going to read to you the, the, the review comments yeah, on Dog Soldiers. Next time. No, no, no. There's so all many. Right. All right. We'll see him for next time. Next, right. next time, you know, because that's what kills films is like you go to these screenings mm-hmm. and you got, we had 11 people and some of these are very funny. Uh, we'll, we'll, you know, I'll tease with that. Um, you know what? You know, Dog Soldiers is uh, next year is the 20th anniversary. Oh, it is. Oh, awesome! So maybe you could do a show. Maybe I can get you some people. Yeah, that'd be great. We can do a show. Yeah. Um, like I said, I want the fans. I really appreciate the fans. Um, I mean that they're just discovering the movie, and 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 things like that. You know, and and, and to me, that's that's what it's all about you know that they're still finding it mm-hmm. that's, um, that's interesting about horror movies is uh they do seem to get new fans where i think a lot of like old dramas like if people don't like them they just kind of disappear so they don't have conventions for pretty woman that's true there's not a <laughs> i always used to make this joke there's no rom-com uh convention and then one day of the blue i got an email to do uh like press for a rom-com con and I was like, I can't make this joke anymore, I guess. But I don't think it was successful. I don't know. 
Yeah, well, I, you know, it's maybe it was. I have no idea. I just assume everyone's dress like comes with the boombox over the head from uh, what's that? Uh, say um, anything? Say anything? Yeah. yeah. I don't know what else you cosplay as, but I, I, I don't know. Well, you know, again, those are creatures of their time too. I mean, you know, Sixteen Candles. Everyone goes, it's about date rape. You can't show that movie anymore. It's about date rape. I go, no, it's not. It's not. Why are you? You know, that he didn't actually do that. He was talking big. That's what guys used to do. They used to talk. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's sad that we have to put at the beginning of classic movies. Well, this was written in a different time, and so you might be offended by. Audience are so much smarter than Hollywood gives them credit for, you know? Mm-hmm. They know. Listen, Gone with the Wind, 1939. Yeah, the world would have obviously been a little different then. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, and it's a period piece. Yeah, you know. People watching Jurassic Park is a documentary. I, I don't know anymore. <laughs> hey, did you see the trailer for the new Jurassic Park? No, actually, I don't think I have. Oh, you have to watch it. I won't say anymore. All right. I'll check this yeah, out. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a, a kaju uh, lover's dream. Okay, that's all I'll say. Did I say it right? Kaju, yeah, kaju. I, I don't know, but I think so. I'm the wrong person. You'll watch it. You'll love it. You'll call me back. All right, sounds good. Well, this has been right. very fun. Has it? Yes. <laughs> if it wasn't, we wouldn't say let's do it again. Can you, get, can you get at least 10 minutes out of this? Oh, yeah. Well, the whole thing has been streaming live. So, yeah. What? <laughs> hey, Mom. <laughs> How can people follow you to see what you're up to? Oh, no. Yeah, I'm not falling for that again. <laughs> uh, well, uh, Jason and I and our company, uh, Witchword, we're on Facebook. We're, we had a website, but I took it down because I want to change it. Um, mainly... I have a website. It's my name, brianpatrickotool.com. Um, although I'm a little behind posting on that. Um, just Google me. I'm there. No, fair <laughs> enough. But, I uh, always yeah, actually Facebook. think that in the back of my mind when I ask how people could follow. I think they probably could just Google this person and just, look them up. Just, yeah. just Google me. I'll write you back. I don't fair have enough. a life. <laughs> Well, all right. I, I've been keeping a track of movies I like this year because it always comes up at the end of the year. And then I have to look up all the movies that came out and try to because re- I'm bad at like the dates. So I'll I'll start sending you my list of movies that I like for the year. Yeah, yeah, because I, I definitely want because I because, you know, after Thanksgiving, the town just sort of dies. So I'm going to have some free time and I want to catch up. Um without saying anything what did you think of the ghostbusters ending with the um oh. appearance i mean i i feel bad saying anything because people are like very uh very touched and stuff but uh i guess it's nice but it it doesn't do a lot for me yeah it was dumb it's like when they tried to do the ronnie james dio hologram concert i'm yeah. like i didn't know how i felt about that like i, I love the music i love the guy but that's like grave robbing. It's it's it brings <laughs> up a weird, uh, like moral question: Is it okay to use someone's like likeness who isn't alive? And I mean, you could. It's different in Ghostbusters because at least it makes sense that the a ghost would be in Ghostbusters. Ah. Oh yeah, we're now we're now we're uh, going too far, I guess. But don't say anything. Yeah, but I, I think probably everyone knows by now. But it it is a real it is a weird question about using people's likenesses when they're no longer here in things 
you know and it's been right. it's been a few things now the, the last few years well they're doing a whole film with james dean right so let's see how that comes out because if that works yeah i mean, I mean uh, be... this is just the beginning of it. i mean you could first it like there's a new you know they could do a new uh john wayne movie i mean you know you could do anything yeah see i didn't mind rogue uh, rogue one i mean right, i right. I I actually think it. that's one of the best of the of the new Star Wars Rogue One, and I actually yeah, I think Solo was too bad either. But people hated it. What? I actually I, I thought I thought it was pretty fun. But what did you like? That it ended? <laughs> no, I, I <laughs> thought it was a fun movie. I had fun watching in the theater. Did you? Yeah. And you're an AA now. You're doing well. <laughs> fine. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Rogue One, I think that's probably the best of the new. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I like the best. All right, feel free to hang up at any time because I'll babble all day. All right. Well, we thank you talk very to much you. for having yeah, me. Yeah, thank you for doing this. It's been very fun. Honestly. All right. Talk yeah. to you later, everyone. Bye. Bye. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. The awkwardly way was. The